0: Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. I am your host. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. We have a very special show for you today. My absolute favorite guest of all. And all my other guests wouldn't get jealous because it is my beautiful wife, Selena Michelle Lombardo. We have a treat for you today. And I'm just going to get right into it. I'm going to have her share the scripture, um, which is a little bit different change of pace here. But my beautiful woman, how are you? Selena Michelle Lombardo, welcome.
1: I'm so happy to be here, finally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so what scripture are we going to get into today?
1: We are going to go into my favorite scripture, the first scripture I ever memorized, which is Romans twelve one and 2. Mm. And it's, um, you present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good, acceptable, and perfect.
0: Amen. So why does that mean a lot to you, Miamor? Oh, we're going to get is, right in. We're going to get right into this right here. Actually, before we do that, okay. this is usually, usually what we do, and you're right for correcting me on this, usually what we do is that's like a theme for what we're sharing today, mm-hmm. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And then, you know, we, we, we get into that topic a little bit. And so um, one thing I always ask my guests, and I'll ask you as well, because I know you have a powerful story too, A way different story than me. I got saved, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll and got saved at 19 years old. But you have a complete different story. And so I like to ask my guests, how did you first encounter the Lord?
1: So I've always had a heart after God. I remember early memories of early childhood, always praying before going to bed. Um, And when I would pray at like saying five or six years old, I would just pray to everyone that was up there. It was kind of like shooting in the dark and wherever it lands, someone will answer (laughs) me. Yeah. I prayed to God, I prayed to Jesus, I prayed to the Holy Spirit, I prayed to Mary, I prayed to all the saints that I could remember. And I'm um, just hoping somebody would hear me. Yeah. And um, I was raised Catholic and I remember in Catholic school, I started to have questions. And I asked one of the Sunday school teachers, I said, you know, who do you pray to? Because I feel like at night I just pray to everyone. And she said, look, I'm going to tell you a secret. You pray to Mary. Because God's really busy. So if you pray to Mary, she will go and tell God what, you know, she'll get your prayer in. Interesting. And she'll get the whatever you need done, done. And I said, that, that can't be right. It just didn't sit well with me um, because I thought, you know, how could God be too busy for me? He's God. And um, anyway, I started having more and more questions and reaching out. And I wasn't satisfied with the answers that I was getting from certain people. And um, my brother actually was invited to a Christian church and I tagged along and we, it was like a special service. And I remember it was, they took us to this place and there was all these, it was a big arena and there was like people, I don't know, it was like a strongman contest or something. And at the very end, it was very simple. And someone came up and spoke and said, listen, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And no one goes to the father except through him. Yeah. And when I heard that it sat well with me, it, 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 I knew it was truth and I mm. knew Jesus was the person I was looking for. Wow. And, um, and so that night they gave me a Bible. They gave me a book on how to read the Bible That's and good. I went home. It was perfect. I went home and they said, start in John one. <laughs> and I read John one and instantly fell in love with Jesus. Wow. From that moment, I knew he was a person that, I had been seeking for my entire life. His love was the thing that completed me. Who he was was going to completely complete me and following his path and what he said to do was going to be my life and completely changed me from night to day. My mom saw the change in me and, um, my dad was on the road as a, as a driver and he got saved around the same time I did Mm -hmm. pulled over on the side of the road and gave his life over to God. And when he came home that weekend, my mom said, I have something to tell you. And he said, I have something to tell you. It happened to be that she was saying that I had converted and that he had converted. So that Sunday, we all went to church together as a family. Amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. God just got your whole family at one time. He was shot. like, you know what? Let's just do this right. <laughs> let's just not waste yeah. time here. Let's get them Strike. all in one shot. <laughs> and so I also know that you had an encounter with God in like a youth group or something like where just the supernatural mm-hmm. power of God. I think it's really. Beautiful part of your story as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, because now it's not, you know, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. You encountered him. You fell in love with him. But you also had an encounter with the supernatural. Right. Really- I
1: I believe that in my life, it was a perfect combination and a mixture of things because the age that I was, it was such a pure age, but also age where you start to understand and you start to find who you are. yeah. And also, I'm the type of person that I'm all in. I'm 100% in when I am passionate and when I find something that is for me, it's, all my entire life. So I was all in and we went on a trip and the adults and kids were separated and we were sitting at a table. I remember we had just heard a service and they talked about healing. And I said, what God can heal people like today, like now, then why are people walking around sick? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we went to like a big lunch with all the kids. And I saw a little girl poking herself with a needle and I said, what is that? And I asked the leader, and she said, well, she has diabetes. And I said, okay, well, let's go. And we just heard about healing. Let's go and tell her that she could be healed and we'll pray for her. So I got a few people with me, and we went and prayed for her. And her mother was next to her. Her mother was weeping, and I just felt something inside of me just click and say, this is right. She's healed. I know she's healed after we prayed for her. We were all fired up. We got on the bus, and we're driving back to our location. We were going to sleep. And we all just started praying and worshiping and we were sitting in the back of the bus and the leaders were in the front with some other children, but you could, one of the leaders kind of felt what was going on with us. And she walked from the front of the bus from when she got to the midway point, you could tell that she just something hit her Yeah, because the atmosphere was so thick of what Mm -hmm. we were doing. It was so pure. It was so passionate. It was in unity. And the spirit of God was just so thick and present and tangible and she could feel it. And she Mm -hmm. sat down and people, kids started losing feeling in their legs People were speaking in tongues. People were having kids were having visions and um, we were kind of afraid because we didn't understand what was happening. We, it was out of our control at a certain point point. Yeah, and she came over and said, this is God. He's touching you in a real way. He's showing himself to you. So we went even, we went even deeper by the time we got back to the, to the church that we were staying at. We were staying, it was a big room, all the women in one room, all the men in one room. By the time we got back to that room, they had to carry most of the kids out of the bus. <laughs> and all the parents were kind of freaking out.
0: Sure, they didn't have a grid for it.
1: Right. So my mom, I remember, was a little bit like, you know, I could see it in her face yeah. trying to understand what was happening. And we went into this room, and one of the ladies, she knew, she knew what was happening. And she grabbed my hand and she just started placing it over people. People just were flying all across that room under the power of God. And it was the most beautiful experience of my life up to that point. And I knew that God was so real and that he wanted to do so much in the lives of the people around me and in my life.
0: Wow! So you encounter Jesus, you fell in love with Jesus and then you encounter the Holy spirit in a powerful way mm-hmm. in youth group and kind of along the lines of what we're sharing about today, Romans one and two talking about the perfect will of God, the acceptable will of God, not being conformed to the ways of the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. Just even, I know it's really powerful because maybe there's young people listening to this. Maybe there's people that are trying to, maybe they've had an encounter with God, but they're seeking God's will for their life. They want to walk with the Lord. They're having a hard time hearing him. I know that you also, at a young age, you had a passion for missions birth Mm -hmm. on the inside Mm -hmm. of you. And I just love this. I I want you to share this side of it too, because You also had other ambitions that the Lord asked you to lay down, which which you wound up in Mozambique, you know, because Mm -hmm. of it. And that's how we met. So Mm -hmm. I'd love for people to hear that side of your heart as well, because a lot of people need to lay some things down sometimes to step into the perfect will of God.
1: The will of God is so linked with surrender, because if you see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, Lord, if I have to drink of this cup, I will. But let your will be done. Yeah, And I feel like the will of God is something so beautiful and so complex and so outside of us because we're so small compared to God. Our piece in the puzzle is so small compared to the world. Yeah, And so if you realize that and you surrender and you say, God, you're bigger. You're my father. You know better. I trust you. Then you can start on this path. And it's not a perfect path. You make mistakes. And he knows every single choice you're going to make. He knows. He knows it before you even make it. Yeah. And so I, when I read this scripture in Romans, I said, what, there is a perfect place for me. There's a perfect will for me. I want that. As a very, very young person, maybe five or six years old again, um, I saw an accident on the side of the street in Chicago. That's where I was living at the time. A little boy got hit by a truck. And I remember there was a lot of fear, a lot of trauma. And I asked my mom, I said, what's going to happen to him? My mom said, they're going to take him to the doctor and the doctors are going to fix him up. And at that moment, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. I said, I want to be a doctor. I want to help people. I want to fix people.
0: Wow. I didn't know that story. Yeah. I'm hearing something new today.
1: (laughs) That was a moment for me, one of those changing moments. And um, so my entire life after that, I dedicated myself to my studies. I loved school. I did well in school. And I said, I set out my heart and um, my ambitions to be a doctor Everybody that knew me knew that's what I wanted to do. I was very vocal about it. There was no plan B. That's what I wanted. But when I encountered God and I knew that he had a will for me, I began to seek that and pray and talk to him about it. And I said, and at 12 years old, around maybe 12, maybe 13, um, I realized the stat, the state of the world. And when I heard about the black window, uh, the place of the world where it was just impoverished and lost, broken.
0: Not much faith in jesus you know a lot of other religions yeah exactly it was dark
1: Mm -hmm. it's the darkest place on the earth Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons yeah something happened inside of my heart something was birthed inside of me it broke me even to this moment when i think about it how overcome i was it makes me want to cry right now because it's real the suffering is real and i felt the heart of god for that i felt the mission of god on that i felt God cares so much about these people and I care so much about these people and I want to do something about it. And I said, well, I'll be a missionary doctor. Hmm. And I went on for that for, with year, for years um, until the certain point. guy felt God tugging at my heart and tugging at me and tugging at me. I had a headache for two weeks
0: straight. When was this? Were you in your 20s? Yes. Yeah.
1: Deep, well into my college years. Okay. And, um, after that two week period of a headache, I couldn't even eat. I couldn't sleep. And I remember I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm okay. You have my attention. And he said, Selena, you know, I love you. You're my daughter and I want to bless you. And if you want to be a doctor, you can do it. You'll be great. You'll bless so many people. You'll help so many people. Yeah. And I'll be with you. But I also want to give you this other option. And this other option is my perfect will. This other option is walking by faith, being led by me every step of the way. And if you surrender your life to me, you surrender that and you lay down that piece of your heart to me, I will take you to places that you have never been. I will take you places that you never thought you could reach and you will reach more people than you can ever imagine. And it was an offer that I could not refuse. I couldn't say no to God at that point. Yeah, I knew he was knew better and he knows my heart of adventure. He knows my heart of fear. Like I just have a fearless heart. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll go. And at that point, I honestly was the most difficult point um, because I felt a little lost. I didn't know what to do after that because the life of faith is a life dependent on him. You don't know what's next. Yeah. That's why they say walk by faith and not by sight. Because if you walk by sight, you're using your eyes. If you walk by faith, you're blind. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's next. It's kind of like you're in the dark, but in a beautiful way, because God is leading you. God is holding your hand and God is showing you every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. So the next part was just a journey of taking it step by step, day by day.
0: Is that when you wound up in Mozambique? Not that far. Because for those who are listening right now, Mm -hmm. I met my beautiful wife in the red dirt of Mozambique um iris global with heidi baker's ministry for those who are aware of heidi baker and um and so i met this wife she was i met my wife she was um she was a student and i was a staff member at the time that's a whole nother story we could talk for hours (laughs) about our story actually but after that was it um did you go to mozambique after that or was it some time
1: there was some time i went to guatemala um, you started doing missions. I started you to, doing missions, mm-hmm. short-term missions to different places. When I went to Guatemala, I fell in love. And I said, God, I want to live here. I want to be here. I love the people. I love the place. I love the climate. I loved everything about it. I mean, the language, you know. And I said, God, I'm gonna, I, I just felt in my heart, I'm going to decide in the next three days. And God confirmed and he showed me that it wasn't the place for me. So I said, okay, I'll wait. I'll wait on you. And after a series of events is probably a long story, but God very clearly led me to Mozambique. He He led me and showed me, this is a place that I want you to be right now. I never had a desire to live in Africa, but when I knew it was him and he confirmed every step of the way, he, he brought in all the resources, all the finances. My parents were in agreement and in peace with me. And when I went, I knew it was the exact right moment in time.
0: Yeah. And there's different ways that, God leads, like even for instance, like God was speaking to you. You have your own journey with the Lord. You have your own background. You know, I was in Bible school, you know, for three years, uh, coming from drugs, coming from brokenness, coming from, you know, addiction, all this different stuff. And then I get radically saved. I'm in Bible school. I commit everything to my studies. I was the prayer room guy. I was always in the prayer room reading the scriptures. I didn't have a job. I, you know, I was just full blown prayer room evangelism, doing all that kind of stuff. You were going through college and you had some ups and downs and a lot of different things were going on in your life. God had to rekindle that in your heart and speak to you about, you know, uh, all, all this different stuff. And I was, I went to Thailand, Laos, Malaysia, Indonesia—two summers in a row. God set my heart on fire for missions. I saw miracles take place. I was in a communist country in Laos. Um, we smuggled Bibles from Thailand into Laos. That was wild and radical. And then we were we were involved in the underground church, and we saw people that were persecuted and their passion, their fervor, and their faith, and it was remarkable. And I wound up uh, reading a bike a book by Heidi Baker entitled uh, "Compelled by Love." And you always read books by the generals, you know. I read God's generals about John G lake and smith wigglesworth and amy simple McPherson about the miracles that they saw that god did through their lives and you know it's always like oh yeah well you you know hungry to see that in your own life but those people have passed on they're not they're not alive anymore you know but heidi is alive Mm -hmm. and when i read compelled by love the people being raised from the dead the food multiplying the blind seeing you know the deaf hearing i was like this is happening today And I want to be there. And God spoke to me. It's wild how God speaks in all different ways, right? Because everywhere, I couldn't get away from Africa. As soon as I graduated from Bible school, I couldn't get away from Africa. It was like African people were inviting me to their parties. Uh, Every book I read had Africa in it. You know, I'd see a guy wearing a shirt with the country of Africa, you know, the continent of Africa. It was just like Africa, Africa, Africa. And God was just like affirming and confirming, this is the way that I want you to go. I'm there for a season. I love it. And then God winds up sending me to the Philippines. I'm there preaching the gospel with one of my best friends and um and then I have a dream while I'm in the Philippines and this is interesting too just in line with surrender uh, the night before actually I was at the beach you know uh, we worked really hard in the Philippines every day we're ministering and I had three different invitations one to India one to Thailand and one to stay in the Philippines And I remember just getting before the Lord and you could always just say, oh, these open doors, you know, maybe I could just decide or I like India better. So let me go to India. But I remember just getting before the Lord and just being like, what door do you have for me, Jesus? I don't want every door. I want your door. Which door do you have for me? And I just laid it down in a moment of intimacy with God where I gave him preference and I said, your will be done. And I had a beautiful moment there, just sharing with the Lord, intimacy with the Lord. That night I went to bed, I woke up. I remembered I had a dream that I was back in Mozambique, Africa. And in the dream, I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm back here. But I knew in my heart, I need to go back to Mozambique with Iris. So I looked Mm -hmm. up Iris's website. They said they needed men to help staff. And that's how I packed my bags. I went to Mozambique and that's how I met you.
1: Right. And for me, at that same time, I had gone through a long relationship. And was coming out of that relationship where God really said, you know, God had to get me out of that relationship. Yeah. At that point, I remember um, praying a very earnest, sincere prayer. Because at 12 years old, I was reading the book of Song of Solomon. Ooh. Let's go back a little bit. And <laughs> that book, that's, a, that's an interesting book to read at that age. Yeah. I remember reading things I didn't understand. And I'm reading the scripture that says in Song of Solomon, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, what does this mean? And he said, don't stir your heart up for your husband before your time. So don't pray for him. Don't think about him. Don't make lists about him until I tell you. I said, okay. So I told my parents at like 12 years old or 13 years old, God told me I'm not to pray for my husband. You are. You pray for my husband. They're like, Okay. I never once prayed for my husband my entire adult life until this point. They must months. have liked that. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, until about a few months before I met you. Mm-hmm. And I felt like God say, pray for your husband.
0: He and gave at you the that, freedom to re- release He you.
1: released me. And at that point, the amazing thing was I knew exactly what I wanted from God. And I said, this is my prayer, God. I just want someone who can be led by you so that they can lead me in the way you would lead me. That's all I want. Amen. Wow. So I was also led to Moses So you didn't
0: want the coolest guy. You didn't want the most, you know, the best <laughs> God looking God gave me guy. that and
1: everything else I wanted plus more. <laughs> That's awesome. He
0: honored awesome. that.
1: I think he honored that my heart was after him, even in my husband. And so he gave me all my dreams.
0: And for those who are listening that maybe you're single and you have a desire, you know, to be married or maybe you've come out of a bad relationship, you know, um, God did a quick work in Selena's heart. She was, you know, when she met me, how how long were you broken up with him? Three, three months, back. three, four months. And God did a quick work in your heart, you know, and we got we, it didn't take too long for us to get married either. We'll get into that. We'll get we'll in. We'll get details. into that. Yeah. But like me, like I was in Bible school for a few years in my heart. I was more ready and looking aware like god i'm ready whenever you want to bring someone into my life because i spent five or six years just focusing on what me you and know, my calling and my relationship with god i felt like i was in that place so, you know, when you were in mozambique you weren't looking for that at all
1: no i actually you know god mozambique was such a special season for me because when i arrived there i was like i am here this is my time i was all in to the mission you know to to this beautiful place of these beautiful people as like the first time you saw me, I was just yeah. my entire heart was set on serving these people and loving these people and being all in. I did not expect to be around three hundred people my age that were beautiful and young and passionate, fiery missionaries from all over the world. From all over the world, Australia, I wasn't expecting New Zealand, that. everywhere. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that, and yeah. so I it was. It wasn't in the forefront of my mind.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and so. So we're we're in the mosaic so you're free you're mm-hmm. like you're like in Mozambique in the red dirt you're not thinking about a man you're thinking about the Jesus so yeah. you're thinking about and you're like finally on the mission I'm doing field. what I've been
1: wanting to do my whole life
0: you're doing what you want to do your entire life and then me and you meet okay we're doing worship underneath a tree mm-hmm. all right an acoustic guitar uh jembe mm-hmm. Sing, singing from the scriptures just mm-hmm. said Julie Meyer on you mm-hmm. know talking about singing from the scriptures we're singing from the scriptures lamentations lamentations i shared about that and <laughs> you know in the show and um, the presence of the Lord, the thickness of the presence of the Lord, and people started to gather from all over the base, mm-hmm. singing, you know, just a tangible, electric presence of God, right? And so through worship, we actually mm-hmm. began to get to know each other, Right. you know, spent a little bit of time together. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we had some conversations with each other, a little bit longer, in public, open, mm-hmm. not behind closed doors, not when no one was around. We were very intentional about doing things the right way, you know, especially at Iris. And so we had some really deep convos.
1: It was actually really cute because in Mozambique, you know, I had about one, two, three, like five roommates in a room, in a house and on the back porch, that's where we would sit and talk. Yeah. And in Mozambique, there's no windows. It's like a screen.
0: You hear everything inside.
1: So all <laughs> of the girls in my house could hear our entire conversations. And when we would laugh, they would laugh. They would giggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They would yeah. hear, you know, our entire conversation. And they knew. They, they, they were like, Selena and Michael. I mean, people knew instantly. And we weren't, you know, we weren't flirtatious or, you know, you never flirted with me or were smooth talking with me. We were just talking about what our heart was passionate about. Yeah. Our, my first conversation with you that night when we worshiped under that tree, I'll never forget because when I spoke to you just one on one for the first time and I heard you talk about Jesus, I was floored because I, I did not think that a guy existed out there that could be in love with Jesus the way you were
0: yeah.
1: to me. I thought girls are in love with Jesus cause we're yeah. girls and we understand that guys don't have that kind of relationship with Jesus. But when I saw the love, the way you spoke of him, the love you had for him, I said, wow, I remember that impression really moving me to say, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, babe.
1: But it stopped right there. I didn't fantasize. I didn't go past and say, Oh, this is my husband. I would never looked at you that way. You're my yeah. brother.
0: And I began to, you know, I'm like, wow, this girl's incredible. She's beautiful. I'm sorry, I like to keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets like, all intense. I always got to bring it, get, bring, make it a little light. My wife, she, uh, I'm like, she's beautiful and she's absolutely passionate for God. I saw her serving at the base with all of her heart. I saw how she was with the uh, with the kids around the base, with the orphans around the base. I saw how she was and. You know, she wasn't going around flirting with every guy, you know, like, you know, some girls were just more flirtatious, you know, but Selena, that was, that was a red flag for me with it, with any girl. If they were just flirting with several different guys in the base. Selena, it was not like that. You were just invested. You were pouring out your life. You had a servant heart and that spoke to me so much. And I remember I started thinking like, I like this girl. And so I started to talk to my leadership about it a little bit, you know, cause I want to do things the right way. I don't want them to think that, you know, stuff's going on behind closed doors. And then I remember I had a conversation with you mm-hmm. that was a little bit direct mm-hmm. and, uh,
1: the, the Italian They'll make out. me sound
0: too intense, but you can share that a little bit, well, I guess.
1: Well, I come from a different culture than Italian culture. I'm Hispanic. And you were the perfect amount of direct. It was refreshing. It was a little, it surprised me a little, but it was refreshing. Because you just came and said, this is how I feel about you. I think you're amazing. I want to get to know you better. I'm not talking to anyone else. And my leadership knows about it. What do you think? And I was like, oh. That sounds great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and at the time one thing that really bothered me and this is for Christian guys and yeah. girls out there right now. Um I had a lot of close friends, like 18 to 20 staff members, some were guys, some were girls. We were a tight-knit family, like we really bonded um in Mozambique. And so I would ask at the time I I was very uh, interested. I would ask the girls like, "Hey, so what is your experience with Christian guys? Like how are they treating you or whatever?" And I would hear about guys being flaky and not communicating their desire so a girl would be let on like he would flirt with them or spend a lot of time with them and never express how he really felt about them and then he would like ditch him or whatever yeah. and they'd be completely broken and so i remember this thing to myself like wow we're just not doing it right we're just not doing it right guys are not communicating or girls are being flirtatious and guys are getting burnt or whatever and so uh, i like i was like very intentional about uh i'm not going to be you know i'm just going to tell her where i'm at just mm-hmm. so she knows so that I'm not leading her on or, you know, cause we had a few conversations at that point. I don't want you to, you know, and so. Yeah, that they was... were
1: long conversations, deep conversations. And I remember the night before you came up to me, I told my house leader, I said, look, you know, <laughs> if he doesn't say something, I will, I'm going to give him one day because I'm a direct person, I'm type A. and But I, I not. I wasn't going to say something about how I felt about you. I was just going to kind of, Bring it up in conversation, I do believe that the woman needs to be pursued. I do believe that the man has to set his intentions. I do believe that the man is the one that takes the lead always. he's mm-hmm. always the one that should make the first move. That's godly order, yeah, and so I mentioned it, I think in like in a passionate way, like if he says something i if he won't say something, I will. I don't think I would have. I think it was just kind of like in my heart, I thought I think it's around it's it's around the right time where he should tell me his intentions, and you did immediately. And that was yeah. so honoring to me. So
0: Wow. And so now I began to seek the Lord because my emotions started to get involved and thinking, like, I actually, I'm starting to like this girl. And I, uh, I remember thinking to myself, I don't want to go through this, get my emotions involved and it doesn't work out. And then you got to work through that. and Then you got to meet somebody. Else. I just didn't want to go through that process, honestly. And I got before before I got too deep into it and my thoughts and, and heart. I just got before the Lord and I'll never forget this night. It was dark and I was in a hut and, you know, and I <laughs> laid down on one of those wooden, very uncomfortable wooden, what do you even call those the things? Day bed. It's like a day bed of some kind. And I just got alone with the Lord. And I remember, I don't know if these were my exact words, but it was a cry of my heart. I just remember saying like, Lord, if she's the one you have for me, amazing. I'll receive this with joy and Thanksgiving. If she's not the one that you have for me, then I die to it. Mm-hmm. right now and that came from a very genuine place in my heart you know and sometimes you got to say it and confess it and speak it to the lord before you even feel it you know but it was it came out and i was just like god i just die to this i surrender this just take it away just kill it just take it away you know and um and i just had a moment with god where i just spent a little bit of time in his presence and i remember i went to spend time with you because we can go to a lot of details of our story but i went to spend time with you that same evening and we um we're talking, and we actually did some worship together. It was a cappella. there was no guitar. We just sang, and there was a very tangible, sweet presence of the Lord. I need you more. We were singing that one. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me going right now. <laughs> Let's not do this. And so, um, we were singing that. Was it that? Was that the song? It was. That was the song. I love that. That's like my heart song for years. And so, um, we sang that, and then I, the presence was there, and I just remember saying to you, like, Selah. You know, that word from the scriptures in the book of Psalms, it's a musical term to pause, ponder, and meditate on the Lord. And so I said that to her, like, think about this moment. Let's pause, like, wow, what a special moment. And then my, and then Selena looks at me and she says, you mind if I share this? No. Selena looks at me and she says, I'm going to have a daughter named Selah. And for you guys listening, you're like, okay, cool. What does that mean? But for me, it meant a lot because three years earlier, in bible school i had a dream that i was on the mission field somewhere i don't know where and i had a 7 or 8 year old daughter and um she was praying for the sick and she was prophesying and she was you know she was operating in the spiritual gifts and i remember thinking like wow this girl's amazing and i knew she was my daughter and I picked her up in the dream, and I spun her around, and there was a presence of God. I woke up, and the presence was still lingering there. And I just knew that I was going to have a daughter one day, and her name was going to be Selah. I just knew it in my heart. At that time, I didn't know anyone named Selah. Now I've run into it some, and have seen some Christians name their their daughter Selah. But at that point, I've never heard of it as a name. I just saw it in the book of Psalms. And so you know, fast forward now, in that moment where you look at me and say, God told me I'm going to have a daughter named Selah one day crashed right on my heart like Mm -hmm. like like a bag of bricks just like whoa to me that was a confirmation that i needed because god spoke to me about selah and he spoke to you about a daughter that you know that we were gonna have and for me that was a connection point and i got awkward
1: yeah you just you were silent (laughs) there was no reaction to to what i had said it was just like
0: got awkward. I was like, I'm not going to, I knew in Bible school, they said, if you have a dream about somebody, (laughs) don't tell them right away that you're my wife or whatever. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to push you away or freak you out or weird you out. So I said, all right, I'm going to save that in my heart. Like Mary, I'm going to ponder these things Mm -hmm. and I'll bring it out at the perfect time or whatever. And so for me, that was the confirming point. I just love how when you surrender your life to God, you know, it might not look like a dream always. It might not look like something supernatural or a vision or whatever, but He comes with utter peace, and He will confirm it. He will honor you for surrendering to Him. Right. You know, and so I, you know, and then share a little bit.
1: So at this point, um, you were my friend. You're yeah. someone that I enjoyed spending time with, and um, I didn't take it any further in my mind. Um, I was happy where i was you know in mozambique i was happy where i was in my heart god did so much work in my heart at that time from my past and things i had gone through i had gone yeah, through a lot he healed you a lot i had gone through a lot in those few years and i remember just spending hours with jesus and just going through all of those things that i went through and him healing me i remember just surgi- surgery surgery
0: mm-hmm. healing
1: me day after day for hours remember we'd spend hours on the ground in mozambique just yeah. in worship and that was an important season for me. That healing season was very important. Um, and so at this point, you know, that was the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, the next night, I'll share this part of the story.
0: Oh, boy. I'm nervous.
1: <laughs> it was graduation of the school. Okay. It was a heightened day. I mean, everybody was just, just the energy was so high. Um. And I remember that night you said, I need to talk to you. So you took me to this
0: beautiful uh, the hut. I see where you're going here. This is good. Yeah, I'm glad you're sharing this.
1: Took me to the hut and it was nighttime. There was a little light in the center of the hut. And you said, I've prayed about it. I've gotten confirmation. I think you're amazing and I feel God on it. And I think we should step into a relationship together. Um, we have to decide now because. No the, pressure. The. 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 the The staff members here would like to invite you to come back as a staff member, but dating is not allowed. So if you choose to be in a relationship with me, you may not be able to come back because they don't allow dating, you know, or we could just remain platonic and you can come back as a staff member and then we'll just, but we have to remain platonic the entire semester when you come, the entire school when you come back Yeah. and you were like, so we need to make a decision. Very direct. And I was like,
0: New Jersey on you.
1: My family, I'm very close to my family, and you they didn't even know you existed. I hadn't even spoken to them about you. <laughs> um, my heart started racing. My mind, thoughts just were flying through my mind. And I remember looking right at you and just everything going so fast. And I said, well, can we pray about this? And you were like, sure. Yeah. I turned, we both turned, put our heads down, I closed my eyes. The second I turned my attention to God. Everything stopped, froze. My mind, my thoughts stopped. My heart slowed. It was like everything just was slow motion and light and free. And I I opened my eyes for some reason. And this white bird came into the hut and was just flying in circles around our heads.
0: That's real. That happened. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm looking at this white bird. I don't even know what bird it was. And it was flying in circles right above my head. And I heard God. Audibly speak to me and say, I will lead you with this peace, This peace that you feel right now, I'll lead you with this. This is how you know it's me. Yeah. You don't have to know all the answers to all the questions. Just know this is me. And then we, you started to pray out loud. And you just say, I hear God say this. And what you were saying out of your mouth, I was hearing God say. Wow. That he was pleased with us, that he loved us, that he took delight in us. And that he was in it. That was one of the most beautiful moments of my whole life. And um, I had total peace after that. And I said, yes. And they still asked me to come back as a staff they member. They did.
0: They did. That was Lord. And so this is something that even on the way over here, you were telling me. Um, yeah. about our first date? A couple okay? of days later. A couple after- days later, we went on our first date. Beautiful place on the beach, you know, in Mozambique. It's a gorgeous country. Even though there's a lot of poverty, it's still a gorgeous country. The there. Beach. By the water is mm-hmm. is, is amazing. And so what confirmed things for you tell, tell us a little bit about that?
1: So at this point, I knew that I was led to be with you, but I didn't have any other, you know, confirmations of what to do. But on our first date, we, we went on a triple date.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So we broke off after we ate and we were sitting on the beach. And I remember looking up, the sky was so beautiful there. And you said, you know what? Again, a direct. <laughs> You said, "Before, Mr. Direct, Mm -hmm. before we take this relationship any further, I have to ask you a question." And he said, "I need to know if you're willing to lead God. I mean,
0: sorry, that is (laughs) not the question. You want to lead the Lord? Go ahead."
1: (laughs) He said, "I need to know if you will be led by God radically, no matter where He will take you, if you will go." Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And when you asked me that question, I said. I thought I was going to have to ask you that
0: question. Mm. Because that's what you were used to. Right. You know, in past relationships, right. you were, you were more the one that was like leading, mm-hmm. you know, spiritually at least.
1: And at that moment, when you asked me that question, I knew you were my husband. Yeah. I knew I said, this is the one. This mm-hmm. is the one that I mm-hmm. prayed for that one day when I said, I want someone that's led by God. And it was just beautiful. I I remember it was just, God is so, God's a romantic. He is. Yeah. He wants to fulfill the desires of our heart. I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes I get a little bit antsy when I share every detail of our story, but I feel like he's in every single detail and it honors him to show every part of he's in it. He's in every part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, one thing that I really, you know, I love that. You know, one thing that you take pride into a little bit is, hey, you, I usually hear before Michael. <laughs> You know, you make that, you, you know, as they say, usually I hear and then Michael gets on board, you know, God speaks to him later. I mean, but sometimes. I knew, I knew first in that That's moment, true. I was just, I was just making sure your heart was in the right place. Yeah. I was just playing. I just was, you know, but, You're right. but I knew, you, you know, knew First, and no, but I'm just, I'm messing around, but I just, I love you so much and I'm so grateful. And I just feel like people that are listening right now, one thing that I want to pull out of that, Yeah. one thing that I'd really love to pull out of that is that, you know, the Bible talks about being equally yoked. Okay. And I know that, you know, there's uh, a man or a woman or whoever's listening right now, I feel in my heart to really kind of highlight this for a minute. Um, You may be in a relationship where the person is dragging behind you in the faith, you know, Um, you're just not in the same place spiritually. You're not being the exact same place, but your passions need to be in line. I was wondering if you wanted something different than I wanted. You know, it's, we're, we're on our first date and I wanted to know, do you want to lay everything down for the gospel? Do you want to live for Jesus? Because that's what my life's about. So if your life's about something else, you know, if you just want to go on a missions trip or, you know what I mean, and, yeah. and do certain things, but ultimately you have these other desires and you're like, I want to make sure, hey, I may have you know, God may have me do something a little bit differently than what you're doing, but ultimately we're doing it together. We're supporting each other. We have the same vision and focus and it's all about Jesus, you know? And I just feel like a lot of people, maybe they're in their early thirties, um, mid thirties, you're starting to think to yourself like, oh man, I need to get married quick, you know, before I, you know, you're thinking naturally like, okay, time's going by. So then people naturally feel like they need to settle Mm -hmm. a bit. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, that you'd want to share.
1: I just know that the heart of God for your life is so precious and you have to trust him. You have to trust him. And I think if you're led by him in your life, he'll lead you to the right person that's supposed to be for you. Instead of focusing so much on the other person's life, focus on your life and being led. Because for me, that's how I found you being led by him to the right place at the right time. It ended up that it was in Africa, Yeah. you know, but he could lead you to a yoga class. Yeah, He could lead you to, he could lead you. And and when you choose to be led by him, mm-hmm. that's all I feel like you should focus on. Because right. if he leads you on your daily walk, then he'll lead you to the most important decision of your life, which is who you're going to marry. After that point that you choose who you're going to marry, the rest of the decisions in your life involve that person. Yeah. So, I do think that there should be a little bit more of a weight, you know, on who you marry. you're right. Your passions should be complementary,
0: yeah, I think that trust, like you were talking about earlier, you know, trust is huge, trust and surrender go hand in hand. You can't surrender to a God that you don't trust, right You surrender to him because you know that he's a good God, He has your interests in mind, his um the kind intentions of his will, like it says in the, in, in Ephesians one, I believe, where it says the will of God is also you know, um, encompassed with his kind intentions, you know? And so it's plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a bright future. It's this, it's this God who is our daddy, our Abba, right? And he made us, he formed us in the womb. He knows exactly what we need. You know, one thing that always comforted me was that, you know what, Lord, like, you know what I need. Mm-hmm. more than I know what yeah. I need. You know who I'm going to be in 10 or 15 years. You know who that individual is going to be in 10 or 15 years. You know who compliments each other and, and who doesn't. You know what, what callings align with one another. And so I decided, and I believe, you know, God doesn't always, you know, give the same kind of signs to every single individual. And that doesn't mean, you know, when they got married, that wasn't the right situation. But at the same time, like I decided in my heart, and I believe just got honored that mm-hmm. of like, I trust you and I want you to make the decision. Like, you know what I mean? and there's a there's a huge aspect of just faith. you got you gotta believe that God knows the timing. He knows your heart. He knows what you need. His intentions are kind. His mm-hmm. will is perfect and good and pleasing and acceptable. I feel like that's a huge part of it
1: I, I agree. I feel like in my life, the way my mind thinks is in layers. There's yeah. a foundation, then you God builds on that. And I feel like the foundation is intimacy and knowing God mm. because if you don't know him, you can't trust him. You can't surrender. You can't be yeah. led. You can't hear his voice. It doesn't fall into place. And I feel like I would always touch on this. I always touch on this when we, when I talk to anyone, Yeah. the foundation of this house is intimacy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: spending time, knowing God, spending time with him.
0: Yeah. In his word, with the Lord, walking, praying, with him. Yeah. just
1: meditating on him, time with him. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, it's a relationship. Yeah. That's the foundation Once you have that foundation, so many things can, he can build on you. He can take you places. He can do things with you. And I feel like sometimes people in their walk, they want to do step three and they haven't gotten step one. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Step one is knowing him. If you try to get into, God is big. Yeah. This life is complicated. The will of God is complicated. Mm. Go back. If you feel lost, go back to the basics. Strip everything down. Mm. Go back to the basics. Go back to knowing him. Go back to knowing that he's a father, that he loves you, that he had, like you said,
0: yeah.
1: you know, Jeremiah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I know the plans I have for you. God knows the plans he has for you. Yeah. Then know him and you'll know his plan for you. Then you'll be able to trust him. Then you'll be able to surrender to him. And then Romans comes into play. You'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. You don't rely on earthly wisdom. You rely on godly wisdom. Right. Because his wisdom is higher. His thoughts are higher. He not only knows your life. He knows all of the lives around you. And what they need too. Mm. And he knows. I mean imagine. The, his heart for the entire world. And how he's this big this big chessboard. I feel like. And every mm. piece he moves. And he puts you into play. And he knows what's going to happen. In a year. In 5 years. In mm-hmm. 10 years. In 20 years. In 100 years. He knows. And if you take those steps with him. Those little steps. Then he says, you know what? Because you honored me with your life, you're going to see my blessing in your life and in the lives of your family in mm-hmm. the lives of your friends in the lives of your children and your grandchildren and on and on and on and on.
0: Amen. There's a scripture in Colossians. We talk about wisdom. Scripture in Colossians that says all the treasuries of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. Mm-hmm. I just love that because mm-hmm. if you want true knowledge, if you want true wisdom, it's hidden in Christ. That's right. where you're going to find it. And as you seek his heart, mm-hmm. That box begins to open up to you, that treasure box begins to open up to you in jewels and gems and truths and, and knowledge and discernment and wisdom, all these things that, that you need for life and godliness in this earth to live your practical life on this earth. You, you have the spiritual wisdom and the guidance to be able to do that.
1: Jesus is a pearl of great price. Amen. It's Jesus.
0: Hmm.
1: He's a pearl, He's a prize, He's a goal, He's the one. Always, always. I feel like we can get so caught up and as our lives go on and as our lives get more complicated and as we, and now we're married, now we have children. Now we have things to do in, in all of that. It's still always Jesus.
0: And so I just feel like there's, you know, just to kind of, I really want to pray for those who are listening right now. You know, um, I would love for you to, and if you have some last, you know, things you want to share but i would love for you know you to speak to there's there's people right now they're struggling christians struggling to know what god wants them to do in this season and especially with the you know the court the uh, cultural climate the economic climate you know the uncertainties the church changing and everything that's going on even with the church with gathering and online and everything like that there's people that are trying to find their way and the will of god is something that people struggle with and wrestle with time and time again and i'd love for you to share you know, any kind of encouragement and then as you feel led to just pray for those who are listening.
1: I believe that prayer is a declaration of truth yeah. over you. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to declare a bunch of truths and we'll, we'll count it as prayer over, over whoever's listening. I love it. You know, I declare that God is your shepherd, that you shall not lack. That because he is your shepherd, you know his voice and you follow him. I pray that he, that he gives you a heart. That is after him. That when you seek him earnestly, you will find him. Because he says, those who seek me will find me. I pray that you would walk by faith and not by sight. That you would rely on him every step. That you would dream bigger, stretch further, reach wider, putting yourself in a position in which you couldn't do it without God. Because in this place of need, in this place of putting your own strength to rest, God has given his place to work and to move. He will work through you and he will work all things for your good. Because all the things that you do on this earth in love, that is what you will receive your eternal reward in heaven. So I pray that your heart will be motivated in love to do even the smallest things with great love. As Mother Teresa said, because that is what remained in the end. I pray that you will not be moved by fear. I break all fear right now. Fear of failure. Fear of man's opinion. Because with God, all things are possible. He is not afraid of us failing. He is not afraid of our mistakes. He knows every single step you're going to take before you take it. And he will come in his beautiful, redemptive way. And all of the areas that you thought, that's gone, I messed up, that's over. He will come with his love and he will redeem you. And he will give you back seven times what the enemy has stolen. He predestined you. He predestined you. And who he predestined, he also called. And who he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. And I pray that the glory of God would shine in your life, that everything that you do would bring him glory, that in your suffering, it would bring him glory, that in your prosperity, it would bring him glory, that every time you cry and you sow in tears that you will reap in songs of joy. Those who mourn are blessed. Those who pour are blessed because he calls them blessed. And through these seasons, your faith would be high because you know he will reward you. And he says, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and for the gospel. They will not fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age and in the age to come. That you will be made rich both on earth and in heaven. Because Jesus says, I just love Jeremiah 29, 10. And I'm going to end with this. Thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, a plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Amen.
0: Come on. This is one thing that I really want to have another episode on. Um, but talking about eternal rewards as well as the rewards in this life. Like, I love that scripture that you mentioned. And this is something that we don't talk about a lot in the church. Like, certain teachers and ministries talk about this. But the judgment seat of Christ and the eternal rewards, you know, for our sacrifices, for the even the big and the little decisions that we make behind closed doors and in front of people. You know, I just feel like, you know, when you yield your heart to Him— And you obey his nudgings and you walk with him and you live unto him, all things unto him. When you give your life unto him, there's there's rewards in this life and also the one to come. And I love that you quoted that scripture, because if you leave father, mother, fields, whatever, you know, whatever sacrifices you make in this earth, God will honor it and he will give us way more. You know, there's one thing I love to say. We sacrifice something temporal and we receive something eternal Mm -hmm. from the Lord. It's powerful. He asks us for something temporal just to give us something eternal and long-lasting. Wow. And so um, thank you so much, Mia Moore, for coming on the show with me today. This is going to be one of many. I want my wife to come on with me um, a lot more frequently. And so she's going to be coming on with me. She's powerful. This is just barely scratching the surface of what my wife carries. She's anointed. She, has, she hears from the Lord in amazing ways. She gets so much revelation. She's got a heart for men, women, the church. She has so much to give. And um, I really want her to keep on, uh, you know, coming on with me, you know, amidst the, you know, the teaching shows that I do, as well as the interviews that I'm doing on a regular basis. I want her to be a regular, always coming on with me because my wife, she's, she's taught me a lot. She's, she's shared with me when I get a little off in one way, she pulls me right back. You know, my wife, I honor her. I respect her. I love her so much. And so
1: it's my honor to be here, babe. I'm so happy to see you doing this. It's, it's, it's amazing.
0: (laughs) My wife is the secret genius. You know, there's so much, uh, going on in my life in this current season. And then when charisma podcast network reached out, I almost wasn't going to do it because I was so busy. Um, you know, I was doing all the awaken live shows. If you guys go on YouTube, you'll find my old shows that I did for about two years, about 80 shows on there. I did about a hundred of them, but there's about 80 shows on there. live videos, broadcasts. Um, and I started doing that a few years ago. And then I took a break about nine, ten months. And um, because I got so busy doing several other things that God had my, you know, my hand doing. And then charisma reached out to me and wanted me to do this podcast. And I was yes and the no and then yes and the no in my mind. And my wife was a huge part in pushing me to do this. And I'm very grateful for that, babe. So we just
1: want to thank all of the listeners from our hearts. Thank you for listening and supporting us. We hope that you are blessed, that you are encouraged. And we encourage you to share this, to share his podcast with other people who you know. Will be blessed. We know the reach is far wider than we could ever imagine, and we're super grateful to Charisma and to all of our listeners. We're just really, really grateful.
0: Thank you guys so much. Like, like my wife, my beautiful wife said, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Tell your friends and families so they could listen to it. If you a certain episode someone pops into your brain, you know, pa- you know, pass it on to them so they could be encouraged by it. We want to get this out to more people so they could be encouraged, blessed, strengthened by the gospel of Jesus. And so love you guys so much and see you next time on Awaken Podcast.